1: of the person who comes to God. Just like the hymn says, nothing in my hands I bring, simply to thy cross I cling. Naked, I come to thee for dress. Helpless, look to thee for grace. Foul, I to the fountain fly. Wash me, Savior, or I die. Not the labor of my hands could fulfill thy law's demands. Could my zeal no respite know? Could my tears forever flow? All could never erase sin thou must save and thou alone so if a person comes to god with money so to speak he's got the money of his good works and he expects to be rewarded with heaven because of what he's done the invitation is not for him it's not for him you got to come with no money because the invitation is only for those who have no money nothing to give to god in exchange for heaven the invitation call is only to those who are thirsty and who have no money Some people feel thirsty, but they think they've got money. And a person who is thirsty for God and knows he has nothing to bring to God, no money, you're pretty much getting down to the level of dirty, rotten sinner. And a person who has no money, then that means that he's gotta get a gift. He's gonna receive a gift. And the Lord Jesus spoke about this in John 4, 10. John 4, 10, Jesus answered and said unto her, "'If thou knewest the gift of God, "'and who it is that saith unto thee, "'Give me to drink, thou wouldest have asked of him. "'He would have given thee living water.'" So here the Lord Jesus says, he knows he's speaking to a dirty, rotten, sinful woman. And he speaks about, there's a gift for you. There's a gift from God. All you got to do is ask for it. You'll get it. And then he speaks the same words to a very prominent teacher of the Jewish people named Nicodemus. In John 3.16, John 3.16, he told Nicodemus that God so loved the world that he gave, there's the gift, his only-begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. All you got to do is ask, you can have it. So the invitation in Isaiah 55, one, is to the person he knows he's thirsty, he knows he has nothing to bring to God, and the invitation is to receive the Lord Jesus as the gift of God that'll satisfy his soul. And all of these conditions are laid out in Mark 2:17, Mark 2:17, where Jesus said to them, "They that are whole have no need of the physician, but they that are sick." I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Dirty, rotten sinners to repentance. The problem with the ones that the Lord Jesus called whole is that they're not what Isaiah 55, they're not who Isaiah 55 is calling. Ho, everyone that thirsteth. They don't see themselves as having nothing. The nothing of verse one, he that hath no money, Isaiah 55, one. And because they're not thirsty, because they're they're not our man in verse six, they which do hunger and thirst, the Lord called them in Mark 2.17, Mark 2.17, they that are whole and they have no need of physician. It's the sick he's calling. Those are really tragic words in Mark 2.17 when he says, I came not to call the righteous but sinners to repentance. He came to call the sick, the sick of the soul, the sick with hunger and thirst, the sick with sin, he didn't come to call the righteous, he came to call sinners. So this leaves a question, still the question's on the table, when he says in verse one, Isaiah 55, one, 55, one, he that hath no money, come ye buy. How can a person with no money buy? I mean, this seems like a contradiction, the idea of buying with no money. I mean, why didn't he say, he that hath no money, take? But he didn't. He said, he that hath no money, Buy. Why did he say buy instead of take? If you have no money, you take. Well, how can you buy if you don't have any money? If he has no money, what's he using to buy? It's very purposeful that God put the word buy there because it implies that the person doesn't have something to use to purchase. There is something that is needed to purchase. It's just not money. It's just not money. Was it not money to buy this water of life? What is it? What does the sinner use to buy the water of life? You know, pretty soon, Scott and I are gonna go down to the Del Mar Fair. And one of the things that we love to do there is eat. Of course, what else do you do there anyway? And, um, and you know, so you just make sure you're gonna go there and buy a hot dog. And, and just picture that there's a sign that says, just take hot dogs, they're free. Okay, you say, okay, that's fine. I can understand that. Maybe they got too many hot dogs. Whatever. Okay, wait. But the sign says, buy the hot dogs, but not with money. And that's really what Isaiah 55.1 is saying. He that hath no money, come and buy it doesn't say he that hath no money come and take. So if it's not our own personal money, then what is it that's used? The water of life is not worthless. It's very valuable, but it was purchased for us. The water of life is like our redemption that's spoken about in 1 Peter one 1 Peter 1.18, which says, for as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. Precious blood. Purchased our redemption, the blood of the Lord Jesus, that's the money that was used, that was used to pay the price, not the money, money of silver and gold, but His own blood. And that's why it says in Colossians 1:14, Colossians 1:14, "In whom we have redemption through His blood, even the forgiveness of sins. So His blood is used to purchase the forgiveness of our sins. We're coming right up on Passover., Maybe some of you are going to come tonight we're going to remember through the Seder. And this makes us think about that last Passover supper and what was in the mind of the Lord Jesus in the last Passover supper. You think it was, you know, hey, we got to remember to do the greens now. Now we got to remember to do the egg. And where's my Haggadah? I got to make sure I get all the things straight. But what was really on his mind? Was it really this, all this order of the service that was on his mind? No, what was on his mind at the last Passover supper was the debt that he was gonna pay. And that's why it says at that last Passover supper in Matthew 26, 28, Matthew 26, 28, he picks up the cup and he said, this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. This is what he's thinking about in the last Passover supper. He's thinking about my blood. He says, my blood. It's the blood of the Lord Jesus that was used to pay for our debts so our sins could be erased. They could be remitted. And that's why he said in Matthew 20, 28, Matthew 20, 28, the Son of Man came to give his life a ransom for many. This is why he came to earth. He came to earth for this reason, so that he could pay the ransom we couldn't afford. So the life of the Lord Jesus is used to pay the costly ransom for our souls. And when the Lord Jesus used his blood to pay the ransom and by our redemption and by the remission of our sins, then we became his property. We became owned by him, as it says in Acts 20, 28. Acts 20, 28. Take heed therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock over the which the Holy Ghost had made you overseers, to feed the church of God with he had purchased with his own blood. And in first Corinthians first Corinthians six nineteen, first Corinthians six nineteen, it says, What? Know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God? You are not your own. You are bought with a price. So this fact that the Lord Jesus uses his blood to purchase our redemption, to pay for our ransom, to buy the forgiveness of our sins, this is going to be a song that we're going to sing, a new song. This is going to be the subject of a new song. We're going to sing this song forever. In Revelation 5, 9, Revelation 5, 9, they sung a new song saying, thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof, for thou was slain and hast redeemed us to God by thy blood out of every kindred, tongue, people, nation. So back at the Delmar Fair, it says that, you know, buy the hot dog, but not with money. And then the sign says it's been paid for, and all you have to do is take this coupon and you can have the hot dog. Just because the Lord Jesus has done that for us, just because he's done that for man, just because he has paid the redemption, he's purchased the forgiveness of sins, the ransom, it doesn't mean that everybody's redeemed. It doesn't mean that everybody's forgiven. It doesn't mean that everybody is free. Each person has to take the free gift of God. So what does a person do? What does a person do to have the blood of the Lord Jesus count on their count for the redemption, ransom, forgiveness? Well, a person has to come to God with a strong sense of need this is our man in verse six, Matthew 5, six. He has to be part of this they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, which is the righteousness which is not his own. It's the righteousness of Lord Jesus Christ. He desperately wants to be covered in the righteousness of God, which is why it says in Isaiah sixty one ten, Isaiah sixty one ten, I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall be joyful in my God. For he hath clothed me with the garments of salvation. He hath covered me. With the robe of righteousness, covered with the robe of righteousness, which is why it says in Romans thirteen fourteen, Romans thirteen fourteen, put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ. This is why Paul said in Philippians three nine, Philippians three nine, that he wanted to be found in Him, not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law. This is the righteousness that's referred to. In our man, in verse 6, blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, after righteousness that's not his own, after righteousness which is the Lord Jesus. But a person has to first come to God with no money of his own to buy his salvation. He's got to come with open hands to receive the gift. This is why the Lord Jesus, in speaking to that woman in in John 4.10, John 4.10 said, if thou knewest the gift of God, and who it is that sayeth to thee, give me to the drink, the give me the drink. thou wouldst have asked of him and he would have given thee living water. It's a gift. It's an Ephesians 2.8 gift. For by grace are you saved through faith. That not of yourself, the gift of salvation is not of yourselves, it's the gift of God. So a person has to come with this willingness to accept. He has to be part of this group that's spoken of in John 1.12. John 1.12, as many as received him To them gave you the power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. So, how do you do that? Well, you come to the Lord Jesus when you turn to yourself and we say to our self life, which is the life that wants to live for self, you turn to your self life and you say, This is the end of the road, pal. This is the end of the road for you and me. This is where our ways part. This is where we part ways. I can't have you as my self life sitting on the throne of my life. You got to leave so that the Lord Jesus can sit on the throne of my life, which is what Paul said in Philippians 3, eight. Philippians 3.8, Yea, doubtless, I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of many things and do count them but dung that I may win Christ and be found in him, not having my own righteousness. Self is all we have. And it's worth it to part with self in order to win Christ. Because, it's gonna be one or the other. It's either gonna be self or it's gonna be Christ. So we come to the Lord Jesus when we turn to our self-life that wants to live for self and we say, this is the end. This is the end of our life together. You have to die. The death of the crucifixion so that the Lord Jesus can live in me, which is what is meant in Galatians 2.20, in Galatians 2.20, which says, I am crucified. What's crucified? The self-life. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live yet not I, but Christ lives in me. In the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Self is all we have. And when we part with self, it leaves a tremendous feeling of emptiness, a tremendous feeling of desire. And this is our man in verse six, blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness. It's a little scary, a little scary to take the leap of faith into the arms of Jesus, but the Lord Jesus, Jehovah Jesus, he's not passive through all this. He doesn't have the attitude of, well, everything has been paid for with my blood. There's nothing more I can do. I'll just sit down here and whoever comes, comes. That's great. Whoever doesn't come, doesn't come. I've done everything. That's not him. That's not his attitude of the Lord Jesus. And this is what we see in verse 1, Isaiah 55, 1, Isaiah 55, one, when he says, Come ye to the waters, come ye by, eat, come, buy wine and milk without price without money, without price. The fact that he's used the word come three times, it shows us that he's urging, that he's insisting, that he's pleading for lost souls to come to him. And because they don't come unless they decide to come, so Jehovah Jesus, in this case, is doing all he can do to persuade them to come. Step away from your self-life and come. And he's making these promises like we saw in, in John 635, 6.35, where he says he's the bread of life, and you come, and you'll never hunger. You come, you never thirst. And he says to the woman, you take the water of life, you'll never thirst. And we can see this pleading of Jehovah Jesus to come to him as he next, in verse two, of Isaiah 55, two, Isaiah 55, two, he next, he says, let's try to reason this out. Let's try to think about this, you know. It's kind of like the Isaiah one verse, come, let us reason together. So he's attempting to reason with lost man. Make him feel the hunger, make him feel the thirst. Of Matthew 5, 6, so that make him be the blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness. So he pleads in Isaiah 55, 2. Isaiah 55, 2, he says, Wherefore do you spend money for that which is not bread, and your labor for that which satisfieth not? Hearken unto me, eat ye that which is good, let your soul delight itself in fatness. It's so amazing to see the Lord Jesus, he pours out his soul in Isaiah 53, and then in Isaiah 55, he pleads with reasons for a man to come to the salvation that he bought two chapters earlier. And he does this, he starts out in verse two, wherefore do you spend money for that which is not bread? So he's now, before he said, before he said in verse one, he's inviting man come and buy waters without money, and now he's saying that you're spending money in verse two. He says, wherefore do you spend money for that which is not bread? And so what is he talking about in verse two? What's the money that he's talking about? The money is man's efforts and his strength. It's the money of human effort to try. It's the money of human effort to attempt to keep the law of God or to keep the law and earn heaven by being a good person. Reminds me how several Orthodox Jewish friends have told me that it's hard. Life is hard for them. They told me, they said, it's not easy to try and keep 613 laws of Judaism. I mean, just imagine your life. If you were expected to keep 613, forget about the 10 of the commandments, now it's 613. And you're trying to make sure that you're not violating any of these 613. I've often asked them, I've said, if I sit here right now, can you recite to me the 613, what they are? Most can't. But they don't violate any of these 613. They try not to violate them. And their traditions is what they are. Their traditions, these laws, it's like Tevya. Said in Fiddler on the Roof, you know, Tebu's going on, he says, here in Avnatevka we have our traditions for everything, how to eat, how to sleep, even how to wear clothes. He says, for instance, we keep our heads covered and wear this little prayer shawl. And then he goes on, he says, you may ask, how did this tradition get started? He says, I'll tell you. I don't know, but it's a tradition. (laughs) So he starts off the Fiddler on the Roof. So for some, that's what they're doing. They're spending their money trying to keep these traditions religious traditions and for some jehovah jesus he's saying why are you spending your money and your strength for trying to keep these religious traditions for others they don't care about religion and most of the people in israel they don't care about religion they're atheists they don't care about these traditions they left the synagogue long ago others in other parts of the world they left the church long ago and then they never want to go back they're not spending their life on trying to keep religious traditions they're spending their lives on trying to get rich Trying to get financial security, trying to build up a business, it reminds me of when I was when I was growing up in the '50s and '60s in West Los Angeles, and I started to see these buildings that would get new names at the top, and the name was Tishman. That was all those buildings. A Tishman was on these buildings. It wasn't just in Los Angeles; it was in New York also, it was like there all these Tishman buildings came up. You know, Alan Sherman wrote a song. He goes, you know, if I were a Tishman, he said. <laughs> All day long, I'd buildy, buildy, build if I were a building man. And then he says, you know, I'd build the 666 Fifth Avenue building right in the middle of the town, one block wide and 48 stories tall. I'd have 18 elevators going up and 27 more going down. (laughs) He says, all of them expressed to pass you by. Anyway, so it's Tishman, okay. So some people are spending their lives, like Tishman, building wealth so they can be financially set in life. So some people, these are the people, they don't care about anything except trying to get wealthy. So he's asking, why are you doing that? And then some people, they don't care about religion. They don't care about building wealth. But what's really important to them is people, relationships. They spend their money with a soulmate or with their friends and so Jehovah Jesus asked them the same question, why are you using the limited money that you have of your life strength to do that in relationships? Why are you using limited money to keep religious laws? Why are you using limited money to try to build up wealth? Why are you using your life strength to build relationships? And this is the question in verse two of Isaiah 55 two: why do you spend your money for that which is not bread? And just so there's no question about what is he talking about when he says money and bread, then he clarifies the terms money and bread with the next question in Isaiah 55:2 Your labor for that which satisfieth not. So when he says, Wherefore you spend money, by money, he means labor, limited strength of a short life. When he says bread, he's talking about what satisfies. Bread is what satisfies. So he says, your money for, what, for that which is not bread, he meant spending your life for what doesn't really satisfy the deep yearnings of the heart. You know, meeting religious traditions does not cut it. It does not satisfy the deep longings of the soul. It doesn't satisfy the soul. It's not bread. Acquiring wealth and acquiring financial security, it doesn't fill the empty void in the soul. Relationships with other people do not really take away the hunger and thirst in the soul. Barbara Streisand singing the words of the Bible. People, people who need people are the luckiest people in the world. And here's what she said. A feeling deep in your soul says you were half, now you're whole. No more hunger and thirst. What? But first be a person who needs people. So she didn't find it. She's married and divorced twice. She's not married now. Her kid sister, Rosalind Kind, I just hope Barbara one day can find happiness. But Barbara Streisand knew the feeling a feeling deep in your soul, says you were half, now you're whole, no more hunger and thirst. She knew that feeling. She knew the Matthew 5, 6 feeling. The only problem is she never found that feeling from going from half to whole. And the reason is because she was spending her money on that, which is not. People are not bread. Only God is bread. People are not bread that satisfies the soul. And the Lord pleased man to look in the mirror and ask the question in verse 2, why a person should look in the mirror and he should say to himself, why am I spending the money of my life for that which satisfies not? My labor for that which satisfies not? Why? And so since religion and wealth and people do not satisfy in life, where's the person going to find the true satisfaction? Where's the person going to solve the problem that Barbara Streisand calls the feeling deep in the soul that says you are half and not whole? How does a person feel that emptiness deep in the soul? How does a person deep in the soul go from being half to whole? And God says, I'm glad you asked, he says in verse two, Isaiah 55, two, Isaiah 55, two, he answers the question with four words. He says, hearken, incline, come, hear. Hearken means that you hear with the intention of obeying. You hear with the intention of acting. And he doesn't just say hearken, he says hearken diligently unto me. That's the first word. Second, incline. That means bend toward or turn in the direction of. Here God is saying, you have bent your life away from God, you've turned away from God, now about face. Do a U-turn, turn around, repent, turn to God. That's incline to God. Third, come unto me. There's no satisfaction in life without coming to the Lord Jesus Christ. Don't say come to church, he doesn't say come to religion, he doesn't say to come to anyone else or anything else, just come to the Lord Jesus Christ. And fourth, here, Open the word of God, open the Bible, as Jehovah Jesus would say, read the Bible, and when you read the Bible, just kind of think of yourself as putting your ear against the Bible to hear what God has to say. So then the person will be, if they do this, this person referred to in verse 6, blessed are they, Matthew 5 6. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. That's what will happen if they do this. Just kind of thinking more about, and maybe then we can have a song, which is like a theme song for this verse, six, which would be, people, people who need Jesus, are the luckiest people in the world, a feeling deep in the soul says, you were half, now you're whole. No more hunger and thirst, but first be a person who needs Jesus. See, that's the way it should be for us, and that's our verse. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for, Lord, making our souls go from feeling half to whole. Thank you for taking away the hunger and thirst. Thank you for this first. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst, for they shall be
0: filled. In Jesus' name, amen. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California, Santee, California 92071, or email Tom Cantor at Cantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Tom Cantor at friendshipwithgod.org.